Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the SDT Podcast. I am with my guys, Sam and Vince. How are you guys doing today? What's doing, up, guys? Doing good. What's up? Man, just another day, another Monday. I know we usually record on Sundays, but uh, Warriors took precedent. So, you know, we got to take a back seat to them, and uh, I'm totally okay with it. What a great, amazing game that was. Um, I don't know about you, but sitting and watching the game, I never really had this sense of... Um, I don't know, panic that the Warriors were just going to let this one slip. I, I think I had more panic in game two than I did in game three, but I, I just, the whole time I was super calm, cool, collective. And I just, I knew the boys were going to get it done. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Well, I was uh, focused on driving, so I had to mostly listen to the game. Um, game two was definitely more stressful for me. Um, and game three was, I, you know, towards the end, it got a little tight, but I never felt like, oh, they're going to blow it. Um, exactly. Confident. I felt pretty confident all the way through that. Like, even if they tightened it up, like the Warriors are still going to win by one or something, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of echo those statements, uh, as well. Like I, I felt, I felt fair, like cautiously optimistic, I guess is the, the polite way to say it. Like I was. I was fairly confident the Warriors were going to win the whole time. At no point did I feel, you know, did the danger alarms go off in my in my head. Uh, game two was definitely a little bit more like, you know, eyebrow raising, but they still, I mean, they, they, they were they were never like, even down 19, I felt like they could still come back. And then we saw them come back and, you know, end up winning that yeah. game going away. Uh, I think it was what, a nine point win. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I have it right here. Uh, so they won game one, uh, big, that was about a 25 point win <laughs> game. Two was a nine point win game three, another nine point ho-hum win. Um, uh, not, not as much, you know, coming from behind on that one. So, uh, of course the big moment of the game, the moment that everybody and their mother and their grandmother and their three old nieces talking about is the Andrew Wiggins posterization of Luka Doncic and, as soon as like as soon as as soon as I saw the play uh, starting to form, I saw Wiggins <laughs> turn the corner and start accelerating towards the rim. I was like, "Oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it?" And then he exploded just like over Luca, and Luca tried to sell a, a foul call and actually did get it initially, and that kind of dampened the celebration a little bit for Wiggins. But um, man, that was so exciting, and I was I was hyped. I, I shouted like crazy on my couch. And I knew something big was coming because my TV is like on about a three second delay compared to somebody else in my apartment complex. So I heard him <laughs> yelling and then I was like, oh, oh, and there it is. So uh, so that was fun for me. I, I, I kind of have a spoiler alert happening for me, but here we are. And I was very, uh, very excited to see that play. I was excited to see the Warriors uh, close out the win. And now they got a chance to sweep. And I mean, you I know. Had, I actually texted you guys in the in yeah. the group chat. I was like, uh, after game one, I was uh, I said Dubs in five, and I mean, we still got a game four to play. But I may have been giving Dallas too much credit. We'll see. We'll find out on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, shame on Mark Davis, man. I I know that uh, it has to be super blatant to call a fall count a fall. Oh my gosh, I cannot speak today. A foul call like that, but you can't one of the greatest dunks in the playoffs. You can't call foul on that, man. You just got to let that go. Baron Davis's call should have been a foul way before this one should have. Luka flopping Doncic, it's just, that was ridiculous. I can't believe they try to take that moment away from, from not just Warriors fan base, from, from but for basketball fan base. That was one of the greatest dunks you'll ever see in a playoff game. So shame on, on Mark Davis for trying to take that away from all of us. Yeah, uh, but they not did. Not to be confused with the also embattled Raiders owner. The embattled, Mark. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, David, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Vince, we, we get, let's circle back to that. We'll circle back to that. <laughs> uh, Vince, um, your, uh, uh, the guy cheering ahead of you just slightly. Um, uh, uh, for last season, when, every, when I was watching every Raider game, Right. There was a guy last season, there was a guy that lived across the street and I would hear him screaming and yelling, um, during Raiders games. 
And there was this one game where I was watching a I was watching a game, and every time the Raiders like were, you know, Derek Carr scored a touchdown, threw a pick, scored a touchdown. Um, I would get excited before the play because I could hear this guy screaming down the street. And if it was a positive, he was a Raider fan. And if it was a positive or a negative, I would be like, oh, touchdown. And then like Derek Carr threw a touchdown. <laughs> or if it was an interception, I'd be like, I hear this guy like, no, I'm like oh, I threw a fucking pick. Spoilers, and then damn. And then Julie was like, how do you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, I hear this guy screaming down the street. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I mean, it's getting warm. It's, you know, uh, approaching summer. So we got, you know, the, 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 the sliding glass doors open. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to let some cool air in. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I eventually have to just close it because I, I, at least for the fourth quarter, I don't want anything spoiled for me. You Absolutely. know, so yeah, I hear you. Um, um, back to the Warriors. Um, and you guys hear the Luka Doncic post game interviews? Yeah, have you guys he's, uh, heard any of these? I, you know, I don't know what what you may say, but I, I personally like Luka Doncic as a player. His flopping can get a really a little ridiculous to me, but as a player, I think he's really great. Um, I mean, he came out and said that the dunk on him, he wish he had the bunnies that that uh, Wiggins had because you know he was just jealous of it. But um, I, I like him as a player and as a person, so I don't know. What were you gonna say? Um, no, I like Luca too. There was just like one specific thing that he was saying that I was kind of like. I don't know, man, that seems kind of weak to say that was um, um, they asked him about the series and this and that. And he was kind of saying, oh, I'm still learning, um, you know, we're a young team. And like it was already it just seemed like a defeatist mentality already. And I was kind of like, man, maybe that's something you reveal in the off season, <laughs> not right after the game. I was like, Jesus, that was the only thing that I was like. He was so depressed and kind of revealing his his cards that they're already defeated mentally. Right. Yeah, I I did see that. And actually, um, I'll admit right here that I went into the uh, Mavericks subreddit and just kind of, you know, just kind of spying, just kind of seeing what they were saying and stuff. And I got to tell you, um, like, I mean, you're going to like like a lot of the fans are like, you know, stay until it's until it's over, you know, keep cheering or whatever. And I totally get that mentality. And but there was also a couple of people qualifying like um, it certainly is tough. And these guys definitely aren't the, you know, the sons. And so um, I feel like Dallas fans, a lot of them are also pretty grateful to get this far. I think they feel like they've overachieved this season a little bit. And I, I kind of agree with them. I, I, I don't think anybody really had Warriors versus Mavericks in the final in the Western finals. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, uh, I, I appreciate that a lot of the Maverick fans are being realist at, at least a little bit. They, they accept like, Hey, uh, Luca needs another guy. He needs, he needs, he needs another star. With I, him. I agree with you, Vince. But yeah. I just think like if the warriors, um, they didn't win that first championship, right? Because the year before was that they got eliminated by the Clippers. And right. And yeah. The second, the following year they break through and just run the table. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, when the Warriors got to the playoffs, I think the sentiment with the fans, people like you and me were like, whoops, you know, man, it sucks we didn't beat the Clippers. I really thought we could have beat them in the first round. Um, but, man, it's a young team. Um, I think that's great for the fans to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, that's how we kind of felt against the, the Clippers. Um, and the Mavericks fans feel that way right now. But I don't think the players should act like if, you know, I don't think Curry oh, would be, you know, 100%. Yeah. Would be like, oh, you know what? We're a young team. Like he was out there like, you know, you know, we, you know, we didn't get it done. You know, like you don't want to hear these guys like, oh, we're still building. You know, we're like Luke yeah. is saying, I'm one player, I'm one teammate away. You know, right. And that's yeah. Kind of like what it sounded like. And that's what Jason Kidd sounds like. And, I'm just like, damn, man, like maybe you talk like that a couple weeks down the road when it it's settled. That way you could say like, well, 
you, you don't know if the Warriors are going to lose to whoever they play in the next round. Um, you don't know if they're going to win. Um, I just think you reveal that at a later date, you know, th- in a in a different. I think, he, I think he's a really young guy, though. You got to imagine he's only what twenty three. Yeah, you know, he's played competitively in, in Europe, and and I argue that some of these guys. The kind of re- that that model sense reminds me of like players that play in Japan, where like their prime years seem to be not necessarily wasted, but they're they're used over overseas, and we don't get to see it as as a fan base, right? So, I think we're fortunate to see Doncic grow, and you know they say twenty five to twenty twenty nine is usually the print the prime year. So, I still think he's a little young. I, I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say he's a. I'm not disagreeing to, with you. Right. I'm not but disagreeing I'm with that, what you guys are saying. But what I'm saying is that I don't I don't think he's young in NBA sense. He's not. I think he's adapted quite well. What I think he's young and trying to understand how to say properly is how to handle post-game talks in the playoffs. How many playoffs has he been in? I think he's been in what this, two? Oh, this is his third season in the play. No, isn't it? I don't I, this, I don't know. I, I think have this to might look. be his third it, or his second season his, in the playoffs. It's his third year like as a huge name. It's his fourth year in, in like in the league. So I mean he's been in the playoffs before and right, but I don't think he's learned that like you shouldn't say that, right? You 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 need to no matter what, I don't care if your team lost by a hundred points, you still come out and say, We got some things we gotta work on. We we could beat them, you know. Um, but that being said, I I, I do want to point out that. Uh, Luka Doncic in this three series, he is a uh, plus minus, in this case being a minus of 61. Um, Curry being the highest plus at 57. No, so, um, 66 for uh, Wiggins, actually. Oh, that's right. You're correct. It's, Wiggins yeah, is at 66. Wi- wi- yeah, and basically Wiggins and Luka are basically matching minutes. At least every time Luka's out there, Wiggins is on the floor as well. And that's uh, obviously by design by Kerr. And he, he, I mean, and it doesn't mean that Wiggins is the sole defender on, on Luca. That'd be insane. Uh, but he's out there and he's trying to help and he's slowing him down a little bit. And it's funny. You slow him down, but he still drops a 40 burger on you. And it just goes to show back to that initial point that it's Luca. And it's, it's the Dallas Lucas is what they are right now. They need, uh, there needs to be another star of some caliber, uh, if Dallas is going to make the next jump, th- make the next step into like actually competing for a possible title. Yeah. I mean, they're basically the, the first stint version of LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But uh, to, to Stan's point, I just think that he's, he doesn't have enough playoff experience to know what to say properly in the interview process. Right. Like um, who was it? The, it was uh, Chris Paul and, and no, I'm sorry. It was Westbrook and Durant who laughed when they said that, Curry's defense you know they start they asked him a question about Curry's defense and they all started laughing and then Curry dropped like 60 points on their head you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like there's just things you don't say I don't care what it is like just there's certain rules I'm like hey man you don't want to poke the bull or like maybe you know have a little bit more morale even if your team got blown out and you lost a shitty way like game two was that was pretty tough it's pretty tough on on a fan base and pretty tough on the players, but you still got to come out and say something positive. So I agree with you in the sense that he shouldn't have said that he showed his cards, but I think he's still learning how to speak in playoffs, right? Game 15 of the season. doesn't really matter what the hell you say. No one's going to really keep that sound bite forever. Well, we, we will. Cause we got the internet and that's what the internet does. <laughs> the internet um, lives on. No, forever. I just like, I, I agree with everything you guys said, you know, it, like Vince said, the, the the lucas and and company you know <laughs> like, yeah um so like they need a they definitely need another player um a teammate to go along with him um for he's a baller i mean he's he's been a beast since he's come into the league um i just you know again i don't you know the fans have been great i haven't seen a whole i don't go on twitter or, or um reddit that much i don't really go on social media but everything i've seen from the from the mavericks fans been been great and i understand where they're coming from because we were there quite a while ago now yeah almost we were a there, decade you know we remember it so i know the feeling i just would not want like even right now like jordan Poole or kaminga or even wiseman 
like two years from now, maybe they get to the playoffs and the, uh, the, the hall of famer uh, group right now is, is kind of on the bench. Maybe a couple of them are retired or whatever. Like if I heard Jordan Poole or Wiseman a year, two years from now, I'd be like, you know, we're, we're a really young team. It's like, dude, <laughs> like your generation to this generation. I know Luca doesn't have that benefit. Um, maybe with Dirk, um, you know, they got to play one year together, but just having a player being that so defeated right after the game to reveal that, I was like, that's, you got to work on that. You know, to your point, I agree with you there. Like, you know, learning how to handle the media. Yeah. Some knuckleheads like me don't discuss it because <laughs> clearly I would be better handling a microphone than him. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Handle it. After, just, just after, handle it. So gingerly after playing 40 minutes yeah. of basketball of like high level basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, question for you guys. Cause it's, it seems to be a big debate. What are your thoughts on the Mavericks bench pretty much standing on the court, on the sidelines there, the whole game and getting fined for it. Now their third time they're up to a hundred thousand dollars in fines. And, uh, you know, no, they obviously got, they got fined a hundred thousand. Yeah, it right. doubled. Yeah, so now yeah. they're up to they're yeah they're yeah. they they got they're up to. I haven't found out if they got fined from from yesterday's game either. But basically, Mark Cuban's going to pay those fines. He doesn't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't. What are your guys' thoughts on on that? Is that annoy you? I mean, even the uh, the referee came and talked to the. I can't remember the kid's name. He's he's you know pretty much a, a bench role player and asked him to change his white shirt for game three, because, you know, clearly mm-hmm. he's wearing the same Jersey as the warriors. Um, and he didn't do it obviously. Um, so I was just curious what your guys' thoughts are on that. Go ahead, Vince. Okay. So I'm all for getting hyped. You know, when you see a great play jumping up, standing like, you know, like hyping your guys up, um, cheering a little trash talking, you know, to the, the opponent, I am all for that. I love that shit. That being said, I think there's a line when you're like directly affecting the game. Like the dude that was in game two wearing uh, wearing the white, he raised his hand to call for the ball and Steph like passed it to him. And like, like, like shit like that. That's where it's like crosses the line when you're like, uh, when Jordan Poole is taking a shot and he, he almost fought like he, he basically lands on Dallas bench players because they're basically on the court almost like they're right there. That's where it crosses the line. And I think that the fines are justified. And um, uh, I, I, I wonder if there's anything more they could possibly do to try to curtail it just a little bit. Um, that being said, I don't want to like, you know, ruin fun or whatever. I, I think there has to be like a happy medium somewhere. Um, and I think pretty much every other team, I, I haven't really seen that issue before. Like, I mean, guys with, with us, like the Wigan slam dunk, for example, you know, I mean, th- there was basically a stoppage of play immediately after that's when you can, you know, get wild and whatever. And like y- y- you put half a foot over the line and still cheering and stuff, whatever. That's, that's fine. Dead ball stuff, whatever. But during live action, gotta be a limit somewhere. I find it, but kind of Bush league. You know, because you're you're clearly this wasn't a problem for the for the team for the Dallas team in the season, was it? I only heard about this being a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know about from that Phoenix either. from Phoenix to to now the Warriors. It didn't start now. I think this was an issue. Yeah, with Phoenix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's what is your intent? What are you trying to do? You know, okay, maybe part of it, we're trying to make some bad, you know, distract him a little bit. You know, if a guy is uh, going to shoot that corner three, we jaw at him a little bit. You know, we, we, we say something. But you could do that how you pretty much every team does it. It's not really a problem with every other team right now. You could do it how you were d- doing it before in the regular season where it wasn't a problem. Why do you need to be that close? Why does everybody need to be on the line? And why are you waving for passes where you, now you're intentionally do, you know, there was a few years ago there, what was the, the general manager was uh-huh, doing something uh-huh. to distract a, a player from shooting a free throw or something. 
Um, and I believe that person, you know, apologized, got fined or, you know, something like that. Um, so there's precedent and there's rules and there's good sportsmanship. So I don't know if the league can do anything except keep finding them. But at this point, it's like the fandom is going to judge you and the media is going to judge you and it's going to be talked about. So you're clearly, it's not to me, it's Bush league because if you're standing that close, you're, you're potentially landing in people's uh, area. Curry like tripped over someone. I think it was like a waiter, um, a lady, oh, yeah, yeah. a lady, uh, a, you know, a, a viewer of the game uh, fell um, you know, so it's just getting more and more attention and it's just going to, it's going to get magnified. And, you know, as fan bases, we always try to defend our, our, our franchises that we root for. Um, but I, I can't see anybody really defending this because it's clearly you're, you're trying to influence the game. And I hate to say it, but to me, it looks like you're trying to you're trying to hurt people to a degree. You're trying to trip them. You're trying to make that point where they can't they can't do a, a, a step back jumper or lean fade in the corner or do something from the corner. You're making it difficult for them. And we've seen it a few times with like people like Jordan Poole, where there were situations there where he fell over into the into the players. Um, we saw that their own player almost got hurt when somebody rolled into him and almost broke his knee in half. So it's it's gonna it's gonna take an injury for this to be a situation and no one should be injured the dallas mavericks player shouldn't be injured by his own teammates doing this stupid thing and a warriors player or any other player should be injured because of this and that's where i think it's kind of bush league is that you're influencing the game where you could potentially be intentionally in harming someone so to your guys's point here um I don't think fines do anything. It really doesn't matter. Mark Cuban's just going to pay it. He's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a, that's a drop in the hat for him. He doesn't really give a crap. I think the only way you do it is you can't really stop them from standing up. Right. Like it's just, they're not, they're allowed to do that. There's nothing in the rules that says they can't do that. Where I draw the line is when, you know, the guy in streetwear, he's got his foot on the court while the play is on that side of the court. I don't really care if your foot's on the court and you're in, and plays on the opposite side of the court, but when you when you're in the court while play is happening on that sign or on that side, I fully think that the ref should call a technical foul. Technically, you are in streetwear. You're on the court. You could do anything. You are a six man. That's not allowed. You are affecting the play. That's not allowed. I think the only way this stops is if they call technicals on them and get them to get off the line. And yeah, you're going to hurt them. I mean, that's, that is what is happening when you're standing there. And I get that you want to be, you know, for your team and support them, but it's getting a little ridiculous now to the point where it's like, all right, dude, like it was funny first game, but now we're four games into it about to be. And uh, you're, you're doing the same thing. Like now you have national media on you literally before the the game starts, there's the referee is mic'd up talking to you. Like Mm -hmm. just stop. You know, now it's getting a little it's it's over it's over the top now. And it's it's fully Jason Kidd's idea, you know, and, and Mark Cuban is going along with it because it's great. You know, he doesn't really give a shit. And it's and the reason why I say I say, or at least I think it's Jason Kidd's, because this is the same guy who ran out of timeouts when he was the Nets coach and asked for his guy to run into him so he could spill his drink on the court and so they could take time to clean it up and he could take another timeout to rest his guys. This is totally a Jason Kidd move. And uh I just it's I, to your point. I think it's Bush League, and I'm over it. It's it was funny. Now it's not. You know, just go sit down, or you know what? Yeah. Who cares? Game four, maybe we'll make you sit down in Cancun for the rest of the summer. Have fun. <laughs> that's the attitude. I love that. That's that's the mindset that I like to see. So, um, I guess we need, we need to talk about game four. It's going to be Tuesday. This this will be released Monday night. To, you'll hear it Tuesday morning probably. So the games today, for those of you that are listening on time, uh, do the Warriors close it out? Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, the morale is shot. I think, uh, you know, this was the, last night was the best defensive effort that they've put into it, and their shot couldn't come along. 
game two, their shot came along and their de- their defense wasn't there. So I just think they're discombobulated. And I think the Warriors win by like 10 points. Yeah, I, I think after the interviews and all the the talk, they just look defeated and I think it's over, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's I, over. I mean, they don't got a shot. I I agree. I like like I said earlier. I I thought it would go five before the series started. Um, I'm now revising that to say that I think it goes four. The Warriors win on Tuesday, and they get nine days off before the start of the NBA Finals. So they will be well rested. Um, Iguodala might actually be able to play in game one of the finals. I mean, there there's reports coming out uh, today that he he'll be close and he might actually be able to go for that. So we'll see, you know, um, we, we got, we got some time to think about it. GP two should be, should be good to go for the finals as well. Cause it sounds like he's being reevaluated, but he's already doing on court drills. Like I, and, and getting GP two back would be huge uh, yeah. defensively for a team. That's already playing pretty good defense. You get that stopper out there and he's, Somebody who can hit some clutch shots too. We saw that earlier in the playoffs. So he'll really take looking those, forward. Uh, he'll take those JTA moments or minutes. Yeah. The <laughs> the four of them that happened when Otto Porter went down. Yeah. Oh geez. Um are, are you guys nervous? I mean, obviously we the game needs to be played tomorrow or today if you're listening. Are you guys nervous of having that many days rest, knowing that the Celtics and the Heat game could really easily go seven games? I'm no, I, I, I don't worry about rest versus rest when you're an older, when you have a, t- a team with older players that could use that rest. Draymond Green's not a spring chicken in the way he plays. Um, I'd expect him to be the first of the big three to, you know, his body to crap out on him. So getting Draymond that rest is going to be huge. Uh, Clay is, you know, I mean, he was out for two and a half years with, you know, the, the knee and the Achilles. So having him able to rest for a, more than a week would be huge to, you know, and just, you know, stay, stay pumped up. And, and you, you worry about rust maybe, but I think with, with this group, with this group of veterans, I don't worry about rust too much. Uh, they've proven to me this pl- playoffs that getting the band back together works. So Right. I'm not terribly worried. We might have a quarter of rest, if that. Yeah, I just hope that when they come out, for the, assuming they make it to the finals, I just hope that they come out not trying to shoot the lights out. I hope they just try and drive and get get some momentum, see the ball go in the hoop, and that will just easily knock some of your rust off. What I think what bothers me with this Warriors team is that when they get days off like this, even if it's like two or three days, they automatically start just chucking up threes thinking that that get the rhythm back. And that's, it bothers me because they always miss it and they come out flat every time. I think um, what's so interesting about this team is they can have anybody go off. Like, and if one of them is going off, like one player on the Warriors is going off, it's probably a close game or they're winning because if like when we see guys like Jordan Poole coming off the bench and he puts up a 25, 30 point night coming off the bench, um, that's huge for him. And the only way you're going to beat the Warriors, if you have like all five starters, like shooting duds and having their worst defensive night, we've seen Curry not have his best, offensive night but then we had players like Wiggins pretty much dominate the game on both sides of the ball and then you have yesterday you know you had a bunch of contributors but you know it was really Wiggins and Looney that kind of like really were the highlights of the game mm-hmm. and you know you're going to have games where you know yesterday wasn't Draymond's best game but you're going to have games where he's having his best game of the season. And you're going to have games where clay is going to get into game six mode and just go off. Like the, the opportunities for the warriors to go off is insane because at any moment Curry can just all of a sudden make three out of five, three out of four 
three pointers in a in a fourth quarter or a tight setting, and they're still dominant coming into the third quarter. Like once the third quarter starts, the in-game adjustments that they make is it, it's crazy. So I feel like the Warriors could at any time, even if uh, you're in the finals and it's a three-one series lead and it's Boston or Miami, I just I would say the odds are that that the East is going to win. But uh, I'm not going to count out the Warriors that all of a sudden they put this together and somebody just goes hot because right. the odds of that of that slot machine paying out is very high for the Warriors. Yeah, I agree with you. I I'm super They're excited, deep, man. Name They're a super... team that plays their entire. They play their entire team. That's that's kind <laughs> yeah, of one of the reasons they're... why I'm nervous to play Boston. Right, I want to play Boston more than I want to play Miami. But now I'm watching it. I kind of want to play Miami more than I'd want to play Boston because Boston know, I'm, I'm is actually... a deep team. Yeah, I, I actually think Boston would be the tougher matchup uh, of the two in the in the final. Um, so I kind of want Miami to pull this out. That being said, I mean, neither of these teams are slouches by any no. stretch. I mean, they're, no. yeah. it's, I mean, I, I would, I would, they're literally six... the number one and number two team in the East. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would expect a six game series, uh, you know, either way. And I would pick the Warriors to win it because I'm a fucking Homer. Why wouldn't I? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would expect the Warriors to win in, in six against whoever it is. But I, I think I'd rather have the Heat gun to my head if you made me choose so yeah i mean it's a, it's right. an a or b situation it's it's not a one and two it's it's one a and one b pick one <laughs> for real no i i i 100 agree i'd rather to win i think the warriors match up better against the heat but boston i think is a better matchup in their perspective um because they're they're one on one capabilities uh, defensively and the depth of their team, and I think they're a more consistent shooting team. Um, where once they get hot on that three, I mean all all four of these teams can you know, could shoot the three. They could give it the beans. <laughs> you know what I want though. If if Miami makes it, what I'm wanting to get my popcorn for is that Wiggins Butler matchup. Because Butler was on that team yeah. when he, you know, uh-huh. grabbed the the, the the scrubs and beat the shit out of the, the starters, which was Wiggins, right? Yeah, we you know Wiggins has got that personal in his mind. If he's he's gonna think about it because he took it to Cat, you know, two game yeah. or two dunks in one game. So he he it's personal for him at this point. Yeah. And I took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great meme. Um yeah, man, this is this is really fun times for the for the Warriors. I think the NBA would probably like like the, the in terms of money, I think they'd probably want the Celtics because you have a franchise a, a legendary franchise and you have a current dynasty going head to head. Oh, the 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 stories they could weave out of that web. I, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, I think that's 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 pretty gonna that's pretty much gonna do it for basketball talk. I think uh, let's just move on to a couple of news and notes from other sports. Um, uh, with the NFL, uh, organized team activities have started. Um, Debo Samuel is not at the 49ers one. Uh, they're still you know having their little uh, hissy fit. You know talking it out over a contract, more money. What what is usage is going to be on the field? You know things like that. So I have that to look forward to and not cry myself to sleep about. Um, um, uh, yeah. So the other big news that I, that, that, that you had mentioned earlier, Sam was uh, Mark Davis is in a little bit of trouble. Um, what's going on there, bud? Um, yeah. Uh, apparently a whole lot of drama. Um, apparently there's some allegations of uh, some misconduct some sexual, some bad workplace, um, and possibly it, it was brought up to Mark Davis, and then that person who brought it up was uh, terminated, and now that's becoming a situation. And then apparently it's not apparent, but it's pretty well known that the Raiders have some financial issues with like taxes and some other stuff going on because they cannot keep. Uh, 
um, these financial people in place. So there, there's been turnover uh, in the financial department of the Raiders uh, pretty much since they left Oakland and got to Las Vegas. I think they've filled a couple of their top positions, you know, a couple of times already. So um, it's going to be investigated. It's going to be looked at. Um, I think I've always had this feeling that the NFL doesn't want Mark Davis to own the Raiders. Um, so I, I'm not saying it's a hit job, but just, I think, uh, Mark Davis is probably gonna, I would say it's a good chance that he loses the team. And I would say it's a good chance that, uh, Snyder in Washington loses the team because, um, NFL doesn't want those owners around anymore. They're causing too much problem. I think they want, they want owners, uh, the, the Raiders got the stadium and now they want a different type of owner. Um, and I think with Washington, they want somebody who's going to put the stadium and breathe life into the brand. Um, so, you know, I think Mark Davis's days, uh, are numbered. You don't feel that this is a, um, I don't know, like uh, a disgruntled employee that Dan Fatrelli is is putting out against Mark Davis. It could be. I mean, it could be. I never thought. I have never like I have been a fan of this team since you know as long as almost as long as I can remember. Like when they came back to Oakland is when I became a fan. I didn't even know they existed until they came back to Oakland. You know, um, they come back. I became a fan. And I've watched them ever since. Um, I've never heard of Mark Davis being a bad employer like this. Um, people change, things change. Maybe it didn't come out. I don't know. But to that point, Tyler, I would say it it could be it could be that way. It could be a disgruntled employee because none of this was leaked, and these people who did leave have been with the franchise for 20 something years. And I would not be surprised if in a hypothetical, let's play the hypothetical game. You know, you, you're the Raiders. You're, you're, you're a big business, but you're in Oakland and you're, you kind of inherited the business, how dad did it, right? Dad did it this way. And that's the way you learned. Then you get this brand new stadium. You're injected with a whole bunch of cash. And all of a sudden there's all these other people you're hiring from other franchises and you're attracting other people and culture starts to change and philosophy starts to change. And you're a guy that worked under dad and change is hard. And you say, boss, junior, this is not how dad did it. Your dad would be, well, you know what? At some point as with all due respect to my very healthy father, well, you know, if I kept hearing, this is how your dad does it. This is how your dad did it. I, it's not his team anymore. Exactly. It's my team. You know, it's my team. I got him to Vegas. I got the stadium. I hired the coach. I did this. And you know what? I'm sorry to tell you, you know, shit rolls downhill. And if I were to say something like that to an employee, that would be, that could be defined as a hostile work environment. If I said, Tyler, get it. Like we're doing it this way, get in line or look for a new job, dude. It's that simple. If I said that to you, oh, that's a hostile work, work environment. I'm not saying that happened. But in a hypothetical world, we we have been in situations like that, and we've heard about situations like that. You know, like in some way, shape, or form, you've heard about a friend being in a situation like that, whether it was actually hostile for him or you know you were the potentially the hostile manager. We've all been in a role in our lives where it's a you got to get this done mentality. If you can't get it done, then I need you to st- I need you to walk away. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, to me, it could very well be that. However, um, like I said earlier is, you know, the financial department, there has, there has been quite a bit of turnover 
Um, and apparently this person reported, reported things to the, to the NFL. Um, so, you know, at this point, the way I feel is it, it's got to play out. You know, the investigation is, I don't know. I hate to say it's a sham, but you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, I hope Mark is not those things um, because his father, you know, Al Davis and Mark have done a lot of good things in the NFL um, in support of, you know, women and, you know, multicultural coaches and ethnicities and trying to, trying to really move the sport forward. And if this were to be true, especially, you know, hostile work environment, like I said, you know, that for me, that's a slippery slope because you could say something like, like for the example I just said, and somebody gets offended by that. Was it really mean? Was it really cruel? Yeah, maybe, but work is work. And you know, this is a billion dollar league. There's going to be pressure, you know? Um, what I'm really hoping is that the, you know, if there is any sexual allegations or things like that, that, that comes out to be false. You know, I hope that's truly false because he's always, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when, you know, with the WNBA team, how he's, he wants to pay more. He hired uh, Becky Hammond to coach the team. And, you know, so I hope that's false because he's done so much good on the other side. I would hate for this to be um, true and, and just, you know, set everything back you know it's just not a good look and it's not a good feeling um so i don't know it just it just really sucks you know we're excited as fans with the trades that the raiders have made and the contracts and the players in the stadium and there's a lot of hope and you're in the exciting division and there's still a dark cloud there's just still this dark cloud over the franchise and it just it sucks you know we should be excited yeah, I mean, I, I hope that it's, it's nothing more than just a disgruntled employee. I mean, yeah, to your point, I, I totally blanked out that he hired Becky Hammond, you know. Um, man, we were just talking about, too, I, I know that we're talking about football here, but we were just talking about how WNBA, you know, they, they people love entertainment. I mean, you don't dunk the ball. You're not shooting threes at a, a magical clip like Steph Curry. Like, there's no entertainment, mm-hmm. but. Um, it just seems that he's still trying to move. He's trying to move the sport forward. Exactly. You know, he's trying to put women in position to, you know, the fr- whole front office is pretty much women of the aces, you know, the coaching staff, um, you know, is it Bill Lambeer stepped down, <laughs> so, you know, so Becky Hammond could get, you know, he was, he was burnt out, um, you know, and he's open about, he was getting burned out and he didn't want to leave the franchise hanging, but they were able to, to hire Becky Hammond and great. Um, you know, it just really sucks that, the, you know, that this is this dark cloud over Mark because it seems like he was becoming um, a really good owner and, and an owner that maybe you can, you know, all these guys are so beyond wealthy, you know, even Mark Davis, be, you know, at being poor, he's still extremely wealthy. Um, you know, it, it was an owner that maybe you can get behind like Joe Lacob, right? Like Joe Lacob is a hundred times over millionaire, right? Uh, maybe he's not a billionaire. He's probably really close now, but he's a guy you root for because on the most part, he does everything the right way. Right. And the right yeah. way is you got the stadium, you got the superstars. You're always competitive. You're always invested in the team. You get it. You get out in front of things when the team sucks, you're out in front, you're, you're leading, you're leading, you're leading. And I was thinking about this earlier today, that the Warriors branding, like the Warriors are going back to the, the most likely going back to the finals. Right. And if they win this one, the brand is just, it's one of the biggest sports brands in the world right now. Um, well, like we said, he came out you and know, said that he wants to be growing up. You know, he remembers the Showtime Lakers and the dominance of the Boston. He Celtics. wants to be cool, and he wants to be like them. He wants. He don't want to be like he the Bulls. The Bulls who cool. had their thing, but he wants to be them. He wants to be iconic for the rest exactly. of the Warriors franchise life. And you, and as fans, I respect it. 
And that's why, as much as I hate the Yankees, I'm a George Steinbrenner fan. The, you know, uh, RIP, you know, but, you know, 90s and 2000s, uh, George Steinbrenner. You know, because he was 100% all in and by God, fuck everything else. Yeah. You know, and those are the owners that, as much as I hated the Yankees, I respected him because all he cared about was winning. He won how many dozens of championships and he wanted more. <laughs> like he never wanted the party to stop. Well, and I respect it. That Warriors organization, they're up for another award for like, I don't know what it is, a sports front office of the year. It's some special award that's given out, but it's it's it goes against every sport, not just those in basketball. And right. he's up for that award again. So uh, he's just, just 100% a testament. in and it seemed like Mark, it seemed like Mark was becoming that like the Raiders yeah. get the stadium, they get the money, they get the front office and then he has the money and he, he, Mark is one of the few people that like is a fan of the WNBA. He kind of watches the NBA. He talks about, he watches the NBA because he likes sports. He likes, he likes athletics, but he's a fan of WNBA because he likes He's a, kind of an odd dude, but he likes the he likes the fundamental basketball. He likes uh, that it's played differently, you know. And he he likes it. He's a fan, and maybe that's not the basketball that I enjoy, but I respect that he's into it and he wants to pay his players more and he wants to put coaches in position to. So I respect that, and it just sucks that this is happening. You know, um, you know, because I thought he was becoming an owner that was a hundred percent all in on the always winning with the Raiders and staying competitive, and now with the Aces, you know, like I don't, as a fan, I don't, I don't watch the WNBA. I'm not outside of the 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 Raiders. I don't cheer for anything for Las Vegas, like as far as sports. You know, I got family that lives there, been there a few times. Great town, really cool people. Like, it's not a knock to Vegas. It's like, I'm just a Vegas Raiders fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it seemed like he was becoming an owner that was, you know, fans can rally behind and, and support. And it's disappointing well, that this is happening. We'll just have to see what the reports come out. I mean, like Eddie DeBartolo, dude, Vince, yeah, Eddie, Eddie DeBartolo. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the, the he he just you just get involved with the wrong guy sometimes and you know if you don't even report it fast enough you know you find yourself on the outs and right yeah i mean that's a hall of fame owner that um got forced out uh because of you know river boats or some how shit, many years you know how many years <laughs> how many seasons wasted because of the lack of leadership at the ownership level level uh basically since debartolo left the 49ers I mean, have had four winning seasons in 23 years or some shit like that. Like, um, it's, and Jed, uh, was it, what's his name? Jed. Yeah. Jed. Jed York. Yeah. Let me tell you about a name, a man named Jed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's, I think he's starting to build equity with the fans. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously moving him to Santa Clara, which is like, it's not like a stone's throw. Like it's <laughs> no, you know, it's a commute, but you know, he moved the team, he got him a stadium, they got the cash. Mm -hmm. He's been, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl. Um it, for the it, most part, yeah. he's competitive, he invests in the team, he's after whatever big name coach, he's after it. And he's learned a lot, like where he was had his fingerprints all over it and was controlling that's, everything. That's it. That's it the didn't biggest work. thing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing it is didn't that work. When they were transitioning to Santa Clara, Jed York had a problem of interacting too much. Yeah. And I think right. that got him in trouble way it too did. much. Yeah. He, and uh, he stepped away. Yeah. He yeah. Learned, and now he, he's like, he learned to find that it. happy medium, like uh, where you want to make, like, he wants to feel like, you know, he did it. Um, but also he, he, he learned, you know, he stepped back just far enough mm -hmm. that he's mostly out of sight, out of mind. Um, for for the owner for for the fans, and we like him a lot more now that he's just he learned to shut the hell up, exactly. you know. Sometimes, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's what you need an owner to do. And I mean, Mark Davis people wouldn't be exactly. Yeah, yeah. He he's Mark Davis is not like you know out there yelling all the time, but he's 
he's around. You can tell he's enjoying it and he wanted to be a part of it. But this is something that's not a good look, man. It's really not if it ends up being, you know, true. So uh, even, you know, basketball, uh, Mark Cuban, you know, he's win or lose. He's in front of the team. He -hmm. wants the team to win. He's, you know, like him or not you know, right or wrong. He, he cares about the team. He's invested. As soon as he bought the team, he turned them into, you know, he changed the airplanes and the locker rooms and the carpet and the logo. Like he changed everything um, because he wanted to change the culture and the image. He's a hundred percent in, um, you know, and just taking, you know, my, my weekly shot at John Fisher. He's just completely the other way. He's just completely I- absent. I literally just typed into our group chat. This turned into a 20 minute subtweet at John Fisher. <laughs> right? Um, that's exactly what this ends up being. Um, yeah. So I mean, completely the other way. Yeah. Like completely like not in front of anything. Doesn't give a shit about winning. I don't know like, what his voice sounds like. He's owned the team since 2005 or something like that. He's at least been a partial owner since 2005. Full owner. Once Lou Wolf got the hell out. I haven't heard his voice What's once. That? What's that guy? That- he could sound like <laughs> fucking Elmo. I don't know. <laughs> when he starts talking, you're like, you know, well, I own the Oakland A's. What's that, dude? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, voice. Is, is that like Bobcat Goldwaith or something like that? Yeah. Is that what you were doing? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But <laughs> he could sound like Can Jabba you- the Hutt. I don't know. Like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to the point, there's there, there's a happy medium. Jed York was too much into the team to the point where it was nauseating, and John Fisher is too much not into the team that it's nauseating. So it, I guess you just need to find a happy medium as an owner. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of Fisher, the A's two and four over the last week. What's the record? Uh, 20, uh, they're 17 and 26. They're currently dead last, fifth place in the AOS. They are okay. the fifth best team in the AOS. I'm trying to be optimistic for like 10 seconds go. here. They're fifth best the, in the AOS. The, the virtual A's are 20 and 30, and they are fourth best in the AOS. Oh, oh man. How, so how they're still slightly gone? beating them. Slightly. Um, Astros are dead last, though, if it makes you feel better, virtually. We got to make uh, some trades, dude. We got to we got to do who's leading the league in batting average and homers. Yeah. Make a trade. Yeah, get, get me the guy who's leading in steals and holds for the for for relief pitching. That's what I want. Right? Give me the guy that's what, leading what's in holds. What's our team missing? Where are we at as a team in starting pitching ERA? Let's go after relievers. Build the bullpen. Come on. Well, this- your uh, your team leader in batting average is Mike Trout. We got Mike think- Trout. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me rephrase. I apologize. The MLB league leader in batting average is Mike Trout, followed by DJ LeMahieu. They're at 350, respectively. Yeah. yeah, we're not getting David John LeMahieu. Um, but Anthony Rizzo was on our team, and he's uh, batting a 316. So he's the bright spot of okay. our team. Um, so we, we're, we got someone, and then Ramon Laureano is still on our team, and he's batting 307. Keep him out, okay. Keep him I think what the problem is it's, to your point. I think it's the starting pitching at this yeah. point. Yeah. So I will look into right. it. We are very early. You know, we're only mm-hmm. you know two months into this, so uh, you know, we'll, trades quarter will be of the made. season's gone, man. Come we'll, on, we gotta we gotta make some no, moves. To, Let's do we it. Get a it's starter time. right now. Yeah. We we, we are twelve fire under their ass. We are twelve games back of the Angels for first place, and to give you some more idea. Uh, the wild card, we are eight games back from uh, a wild card chance. I tell so you what, we're, we're about 12 games out right now in real life. So uh, that's, that's, you know, okay. uh, who's leading the league in life starting imitating pitching art. ERA? Starting pitching ERA? Yeah. Your league leader in that will be, and I'm looking in the AL. I can look, I can look both here. But um, as far as uh, ERA, some guy named Ryan Yarbo. Actually, I do know who Ryan Yarbo is. Ryan Yarbo is pitching a ERA of a one six six. Um, what team is he on? Tampa Bay. Okay, we're not getting him. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting him. But there's a guy named Zach Eflin for the Orioles who's pitching. Who's got an ERA of two thirty six. Get him now. 
Do it. So, and in the National League, who would we have a chance at? The Cubs, Justin Steele, which is a he is a real person, but in this game he's kind of made up because he doesn't have an actual photo. Uh, he's pitching at a 228. So, something we could look at. Okay. I will put it on the docket. All right. Let us know uh, next week how how it goes. I'm going to need that on my desk by the end of the day. That's right. If you don't like it, get your ass a new job, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Take that for a hostile environment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Tyler, you put one more note in here, baseball related. uh, Yeah. So, so the, the talks of, uh, of um, what's his name here? Uh, Judge Aaron judge. And the Yankees have absolutely soured. Uh, I I fully think no matter what happens, whether he has a, you know, one of the best seasons he's ever had, he will not be a Yankee following this season. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, as long as he can stay healthy, he's been kind of injury prone the last two or three years here. Um, I project him to be the next, uh, you know, three seventy to four hundred million dollar player, and one of the teams that could actually afford him. Not saying that they'll go for it, but he's been linked to them. Is actually the San Francisco Giants. So, um, will they offer him a four hundred million dollar contract? They certainly can. I don't know if this organization is set up that way. Uh, they are a money ball team with money, but I don't think they're going to blow the farm on Aaron Judge here. But uh, something to think about. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see. I mean, they were in on Bryce Harper, so they're. Um, Bryce ended up obviously signing elsewhere. Um, I mean, they've been in on several different big players, but then not actually being the the final destination for them. So uh, they're you got to feel like um, at what point do they say we got to get somebody, we got to overpay a little bit, or do yeah. they just keep being happy with being you know second best offer um, forever? And I I don't know. I mean, it, it depends how you know the seasons go if the giants you know keep finding themselves in the playoffs but not winning the world series uh like they did last year uh i bet the fans will get pretty sick of that and they'll want to see you know a big tangible improvement somebody like aaron judge uh that being how many said, more years does he have on his current deal uh this, this is, is this it, is it. He, this he's is a free agent after this year so like if the giants are one and done in the playoffs this year for example um, do they he, get super he aggressive? Grew up, he grew up out here in California in Fresno. Yeah, Fresno. Like yeah. near Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah uh, he, he was a bulldog, Fresno State. Did he is there I don't I don't know him. I know he went to Bulldogs, but what did he grow up? Uh I don't know. What team he, he, he grew up he know? grew up as a Dodgers fan, but the Dodgers don't have anywhere near the cap space to be able to afford him this following season. I mean, they're paying Mookie Betts, you know, for like the next like 10 years. So and they and then they also overpaid for for uh, get this name uh, David Price. Have you seen him pitch in the last like no, three years? Because you know you haven't. No. So um, yeah, um, they they can't afford him. I mean, if I'm the Giants, I'm in. Um, but to make a trade right now, I don't think they got the pieces. I don't think you they wouldn't got trade. You, you wouldn't trade. He's he's gonna. You're basically banking on two things. You're banking that one Aaron Judge can stay healthy, and you're banking on two the Giants play well enough this year to entice him to one here to come here and, and think that he's the next and the only piece needed to win a championship. Yeah, he's that's the, what you need. Yeah. That, that's the sale. You're the missing piece. We can get there with you. And that's, that's how um, Farhan is going to sell it to him. I'm sure. And I'm sure that was part of the pitch to uh, Bryce Harper, but yep. Bryce didn't see it at that point because the Giants were middling. Yeah. Um, now they're playing yeah. with the Phillies and the yeah. Phillies are just God awful again. Yeah. So, that'd be yeah. huge if he ended up with the Giants, man. That'd be that'd be massive. Yeah, I mean the Giants are gonna have to pay a lot to get him, but I mean, I kind of hope it happens. Though, like you know, I, I don't like the Giants, but I kind of hope it happens. <laughs> Could yeah, be fun. I mean, I I I watch I watch Judge and just see him mash and just. Well, you know, I mean, I get, you know I get to see him when he plays in the Bay Bridge series and. Yeah, and I get to see his career a little bit closer, and because you know John Fisher ain't gonna pay to watch anybody else's career over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's sad when you're an ace fan and the careers you watch are your vendors 
So like yeah. the evolution. <laughs> like yeah, like I'm following the man. How, how the hot dog economist on how Twitter. How the hot yeah. dog guy, you know. Um that's that those are our MVPs. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get that baseball card. Yeah. <laughs> He's got him, dude. Like he'll hand him out. He's got one. Yeah. Does he really? Yeah, he yeah, really he's does. Got a baseball card. Next oh, time you see him I, get, next time we go to a game, let's uh, get get a uh, baseball card of the hot dog guy. Absolutely, I'm getting an autograph. Out of bed. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen? I'm quite all right. All right. How about you, Sam? You good? I got another hour to go okay. on John Fisher. <laughs> And about no, I'm good, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh find us on social media, SVT Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh send us an email with all your questions, comments, cool videos of um little kids hitting fucking dingers uh to SVT Sports Pod at gmail.com. Uh slide into our DMs. We look forward to interacting with you all. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Good night. Good night. <laughs>